and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, the show where we take some confusing scientific topic and make it digestible enough for anyone to understand, all while having a laugh and getting lost along the way. Well, at least that's the aim. We'll see how we do. Join us today as we take a look at how our own brain tries to screw us over, or screws us over, maybe it doesn't try to, with cognitive biases. You can follow us on Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, InformationEntropyPod, and Spotify. We're on iTunes now. We've made it. That's when you know you're a podcast. And wherever else (laughs) podcasts are cast. I'm Tom Jenks, and joining me, as usual, is my very good friend, Mitchell Gatting. How are you, mate? Hello. How's it going? That was nice. Great intro. Thank you. I, I got there eventually. Yeah, rambled a little bit towards the end. I was going to step in, but I decided... <laughs> no, it's good. It was you just good. need to have a buzzer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cut me off. Rambled too much. Yeah. Get to the point. I've got my little beeper that I can use. I'll just, like, start, like, doing that. All right, nothing came through for Okay, me, but... well, it'll come through on the, <laughs> the recording. Oh, that's funny. Oh, dear. How are you then, mate? Oh, I'm, I'm doing really well, really well, thanks. Just got back from a, a nice holiday to Corfu. Oh, well, it's all right for some, isn't it? Yeah, mate. I haven't had a holiday in... Well, I actually can't remember. <laughs> remember, <laughs> I keep doing this to try and remember, like, last around on, like, a, a relaxing holiday for like a longer period of time it's like a hot place um yeah and we've done like city breaks in the past three years well when we could when we were allowed to um but this is the first time we've been actually like a nice relaxing hot holiday in- yeah i know there's been quite a bit of issues at certain airports around the uk and i guess around the world right because mm-hmm. in the uk you've got half term right now so it's manic kids haven't finished but they're they've got one two weeks off one mm-hmm. week off mm-hmm and also, it's kind of like the first period, maybe after the pandemic, where people feel safe enough to kind of go out. Yeah. And we were quite lucky because we kind of gambled a little bit. We kind of said, we think that things will be open the week before half term. So we booked a holiday for a little bit cheaper, but with a little bit more risk. And it was like a, a package holiday to even reduce the risk even more. Uh, and it worked out perfectly because um, the tourist season doesn't really start till the 1st of June, and that's when we returned. So we got things a bit cheaper. And even things that like there, like if you rent a quad bike or rent a boat, it's all cheaper until it hits tourist season, and then it, they double the prices. So, yeah, no, it was really good. That's some good stuff, that is. It's the last week of school here in mm-hmm. Italy. Whatever. So, oh, they're just yeah, abolishing just, school. That's it. School is out <laughs> for summer forever specifically <laughs> okay <laughs> uh they, so they finish a lot earlier than we do unless you're at uni i suppose then it's For summer they just, I see, but i suppose end. it's the heat you just can't do it can you no do you know what it's been horrendous these past <laughs> couple of days and i know i'm british so you'd expect that from me mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. even the people who i'm working here with they're like it, it's too much it's not only because it's like 28, 29, which is normally fine. It's just we have 100% humidity. Oof. Yeah, no. So it's just like... It's swimming everywhere. I can't breathe. Well, that's my fault for being asthmatic, I suppose. Just yep. inhaler constantly in. <laughs> Tom, if you're too weak to survive by yourself, then, you know, 
Well, exactly. I don't even deserve to be here, really. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, any news? Any exciting stuff this week? Yeah, no, this was actually... So, I, I don't know how, how... Like, as of recording, we're recording this to give the game away a little bit. But but when we do news, it's good to, to know because then we can be like... Yes, that is 19 true. hours ago, this news broke. Um, so it gives you a bit of a... But we're actually... <laughs> Eight days in advance, yeah, of when you'll be hearing this. <laughs> so, yeah. nineteen hours and eight days ago, this was <laughs> hot off the press. Um, so, in the world of computing, the news comes from this time. Before we move away from space a little bit, you know. Yeah, see, I tried, but there is some really interesting <laughs> space news, but I didn't go for it purely because of that. Yeah. So. However, it is existential crisis o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the news that I've got today from the computer science area is the world's fastest supercomputer just broke the exascale barrier. And for those um, that don't know what uh, an exascale computer or barrier is, is that is uh, performing more than a quintillion calculations per second. Yeah, I was so, going to say, like, you had me in the first half, and then <laughs> you lost me. So, And then you lost me again in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so <laughs> when computers are doing running their, like, processes, if they're doing, say, in science, you're doing a lot of number crunching, you're analyzing a lot of data sets, so you're doing, sort of like, your network stuff uh, you've got yeah. going on. You're having a lot of calculations per second in that arena. Um, so it starts at, like, mega... It's like the scientific units. You got mega, giga, yeah, for sure. Or like pen, penta, penta. Am, am I? That is one. Yeah, I think that. Yes, yeah, five, is four, zero. Yeah, penta's five. And then zoom with t. The next one. No, it's sex, isn't it? It's the six. Sept, yeah, and then I think then it's quint is seven, and then quint uh, is eight. Eight. Uh, so okay. Eight to the two o, two four, whatever it is. But it's, it's just. A large amount to the point where this is the first one documented. And I say documented because there is a ranking of supercomputers called the top 500. Um, and they like do a periodic table and they released and announced on May the 30th. So this was, yes, yeah, 19 hours ago for us. Um, the computer known as Frontier um, is going to be included as the first exascale computer uh, to be included in that list. Um, which is just absolutely crazy because uh, it, it allows for like really, really complex um, analysis to take place in one, one particular area or even multiple. You can, you know, have big data is working at the moment. It can go, it can span different sectors quite easily. Um, so it's absolutely madness. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So it, so... <laughs> So Oak Ridge is the um, the laboratory where it's taking place, which is in Tennessee. Uh, and they said that the Frontier clocked in at about 1.1 exaflops or 1.1 quintillion operations per second, uh, which beats the previous one, which was the, um, the Riken, uh, no, it's called Fugaku, which is in the Riken Center in Kobe in Japan, uh, which was then the highest was 0.4 exaflops. So it's not just doubled, 
it's then doubled and then nearly tripled it. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, which is absolutely crazy. Um, there's a whole thing at the moment with uh, China. <laughs> when is there not? Um, where they've <laughs> said that they believe that they've already achieved that speed, but they haven't reported it and they're not likely to report it. A, right. secrecy. B, they don't want to give the game away. Or D, they're lying. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So very cool with with this new capability. Just some of the things that they're, they're looking to do. Uh, they are aiming to simulate how a star explodes. Nice to calculate the properties of subatomic particles. To investigate new energy sources such as nuclear fusion and harness artificial intelligence to improve the diagnosis and prevention of disease. So there's oh. a whole bunch of things that you can do it. It's great. I guess really like your limitations are your imagination when it comes to what you want to study because think about what a normal computer can do, mm -hmm. which is pretty much anything you can think of. Yeah. And a supercomputer can just do that but. dialed way up to 20. <laughs> yeah, they could do it's both a speed and a large data set kind of situation. Because yeah. with smaller computers, you get bottlenecks, which eat bad stuff happens, um, slows down, all that kind of jazz. But when you've got a supercomputer that it just like blazes through stuff quite easily, like absolutely crazy stuff. And especially when we, we, we've with, like neural networks and AI and that kind of um, artificial intelligence, that realm. We've talked, we've talked this in the past, we've discussed this, um, not the podcast, but personally. And when you're creating artificial intelligence, you have to throw data at it. It's kind of how it works. You you set up the rules and you feed data into it in what we call rounds. And then the process over time, it kind of learns what's good, what's bad, and you fire bad data at it as well. But imagine yeah. if you could do that, but like 20, 40 times the speed of like your normal pace. So say that it took like, I, I don't actually have a thing to hand of one, but say that you were trying to like train a AI to be able to identify pastries in a Japanese bakery. Oh, we spoke about this before. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool one. Which uh, is is a great example but, but say that took a year to train with this it'd be like five minutes G done sweet we've now got something that can do that um which means like it would take longer to write the code and then it, it actually is to train which is a weird way of thinking about it with something so powerful yeah very interesting just exactly that that's the thing it's so powerful that okay as long as you know you can get the code down pretty well, mm -hmm. then you're sorted. Yeah. Then we can start simulating universes accurately and get into the, the Destiny 2 Ishtar collective issues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are they doing in the simulation? They're creating a simulation. Oh, no! Well, the more news that comes out of a certain country west of us, um, well, the UK... The more I'm convinced we're in the dark timeline. So one hundred percent. One definitely this has to be a simulation, right? Yeah. I mean <laughs> no one would yeah. Anyway. It's turtles anyway. all the way down, Tom. It's turtles all the way down. <laughs> one day we'll we'll slip off the edge. <laughs> Go find the infinite turtle mm -hmm. right at the bottom. Gaze Very upon the turtle stuff. and see its girth. 
Well, we're all about as long as it's got the Pope hat on. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The yeah, Popality. Some uh, Elden Ring people may yeah. understand that reference. And if not, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Worry about it. No. So. Also, a um, Dark Tower reference. You didn't know. Uh, Stephen King. Oh, do you know what? I downloaded that. Oh, did you? <clears throat> did you Sorry. read it? Um, audiobook. Oh, audiobook. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm a couple chapters in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what to expect because yeah, you told it's... me because we 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 spoke about this I think a couple of episodes ago about the Dark Tower. Yeah, and my Audible kept screaming at me, "Oh, you've got new tokens!" And I'm like, "Why am I still paying for this? I never use it." But yeah. I've got traveling coming up, so you know I'll cancel my subscription, use the three tokens that I have, and just download some things. I was like, "What do I? What do I want?" Mm-hmm. Now I'll get the Dark Tower. I mean, it's just raved ah. on about this for a few episodes so yeah. i'll give it a go but uh yeah i'll let you know we'll update i'll update okay. you in uh, so, a few episodes time when i've maybe made my way through it yeah on holiday i read the the dark tower the drawing of three and the wasteland which is the first three books how did you do that in a week <laughs> i what is i am very you know you don't do much on holiday i got a lot of time i'm a, I'm a quick reader um yeah. Fair. Fair one. All right. Yeah. See, that was really scary. Like, quick. I'm like, ah. Oh, it was, it's, it's what, been... what did I just read? And then I go back to the top of the uh, paragraph no, and then I'm like, I don't do that. No way. I, I realized I didn't read this either. And then I go back to the previous, I ended up just reading the whole page again. Yeah. But how, so fourth chapter, where's, where's that to? Fourth? No, no, no. A couple chapters in. Oh, I think okay. I'm halfway through the second one. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. So very early stages. But uh, yeah, Roland Chain. He's he's speaking to some guy in the desert. Um, he hasn't found the second guy yet. We've just found out what okay. happened at the village. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, the village. He's just recounting the story. Anyway, this is worst <laughs> podcast material ever. Um, so the news I looked at today was originally mm-hmm. about how the universe expansion is slowing down. Ah, oh, that's not that's not great. Which is mind-boggling. However, we did say we'd step away from the space for a bit. So we'll come back to the big, the big crunch and how we're all going to die potentially with what was the, what's all the other, of these the other, founding, findings. The names. Well, there, were, there were a few names for it, wasn't there? Like the big snap, the big rebound, the big crunch. It, it depends which what, because they're all different scenarios. Yeah. But it looks like if this model is correct, the crunch maybe the one what's the movie with um jared leto where he goes backwards in time tenet 2 no no (laughs) (laughs) um is it mr mr nobody yeah mr nobody it's a weird movie about um when like humans become immortal and there's one guy that isn't mortal called mr nobody um, and he was sort of recounting his life story in the future about different junctures in his life. But the it ends with like the big snap happening and him going back through everything to and then goes oh. the other way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll come back to that because that's uh, some scary, more existential dread possibilities coming to us Mate, in a few billion years. We, we may be like four into the snaps, like... 
Maybe. We've just gone the other way, then the other way, then the other way. Oh, you mean the universe is collapsing on itself and then expanded the other way? Is yes. that what you mean by snap? Yes, that's oh, what I mean. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see. I think that's the rebound one. The okay. snap is, I think, it expands so far, then it breaks. Oh, yeah, that's not ideal, is it? No. <laughs> not at all. That's not what you want. Um, so anyway. News. Yeah, your news. <laughs> I'm going to bring everyone into my circle of research a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So... I put a post about this, it'll be last week or two weeks ago by the time you guys are are listening. And as someone who's studying animal vocalization, a very interesting topic to me is language. Like, especially, you know, we look at humans, ourselves, and we go, we are better than animals. I mean, we don't all say that, but, you know, that's the kind of, we are higher, more intelligent, let's say, because we have language and we can speak about these different things. But... I'm very interested in understanding what information animals can pass to each other through acoustic signals and things like that. Now, a new study, some researchers have analyzed over 5,000 recordings of wild chimps in Côte d'Ivoire. Recently learnt, you shouldn't call it what most people in England call it. What do you call it? The Ivory Coast. Shouldn't call it that anymore. No, there's a whole bunch of them that we've... As a, we translated, and yeah. it's a bad thing to do. And but even the so, original name is like that. Or like there's there's, there's a guy that is um, a singer that, that did the whole thing of like calling it that is awful because it's going back to the slavery or the what was exported out of it. Uh, well, the government said this is the name of the country, Cote d'Ivoire, and it shouldn't be translated. So. If ah. that's what they've ruled, that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna go off. <laughs> okay, okay. That so sense. that comes directly from their government. So I, I don't feel too bad about calling it that. Okay. Um. Anyway, these researchers examined the structure of the calls captured, and they found 390 unique vocal sequences assembled from different combinations of different call types. So if that makes no sense, let me break it down a little bit. Let's say a chimpanzee has different call types, A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. They have more than four, but if they go A, 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 it may have a different meaning to A, D, C, for example. Yeah, makes sense. So what they've discovered, essentially, is by chaining together different calls or words, the chimps can form different sequences or sentences with their own meanings. Which essentially means chimpanzees this whole time have had this whole hidden language that we just never knew about. That's pretty cool. Which is fucking wild. (laughs) Really exciting stuff. Especially considering we know that they can communicate with us really well through sign language. Yeah, yeah. Right? We know that they have zero problem with that once they understand how sign language uh, works. But my theory... And this is completely wild, but feel free to take this and cite me if it's true. So we know that apes don't ask questions. They've never really asked a question to a human about information that they don't think they have. They don't have what's called a theory of mind. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that you have information that I don't have access to. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So they don't really ask questions. They tell their lies as well. Yeah, they do tell lies. Oh. They're bastards. But I'll I'll come back to that. Um, 
like, so maybe that is a function of their communication, right? If they just see something, they just shout it out. They have no need to think about, okay, what information do they have? Because they just think, oh, whenever I see something that I need everyone to know, I just say it. Mm-hmm. So maybe their communication system is based off, if I see it, I say it. But then, of course, it gets more complicated because, as you just said, they can lie. They can withhold information. Uh, but that's for another day and much more complicated. So, so um, you're saying that yeah. they don't withhold information, but they do. I'm, I'm confused. Sorry. So my theory, and this is completely probably wrong and based off nothing, mm-hmm. but just for the fact that they don't have this theory of mind that we don't we don't think. Yeah. Maybe... Their brain is wired that when they see information like food or predator, they just shout it out, right? Yeah. It's just, so then it's made available to everyone in their troop or whatever, whoever needs the information then has it. Mm -hmm. So your default position would be, if I don't know it, it's not worth knowing basically, right? That would make for a pretty good social structured communication system in the wild i think that would work quite well evolutionarily yeah however that gets more complicated because we know chimps do lie they will give false signals for example they will say oh look there's a predator and there isn't and then that chimp gets all the food because all the other chimps ran away okay but is that holding there's going to be a difference there between actually holding that information and... I'm, I don't know if they withhold information, but I'm saying they, they could, right? They could see something and just not say anything and come back for it later. That would be withholding information. Yeah, but if they've learned and conditioned themselves to say, okay, if I fake that being a predator, I get more food, and then it's just an involuntary response. Yeah, this is what I, this is what I, this is what I don't know about mm. chimps. I don't know the, how much volitional control they have over their vocalizations. Because is it just a pre-programmed response like we know it is with a lot of monkeys, mm-hmm. primates? But considering they're higher apes, how much volitional control do they have? Uh, we call we refer to that as usage learning, and you can test that because you can condition an animal to create a sound corresponding to like an arbitrary response like you can train a dog to bark by like wiggling your fingers yeah. if you condition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right yeah the wiggling of your fingers has no natural meaning to the dog yeah however it can associate wiggling fingers with i must make a sound and that shows that that animal has the ability to volitionally start a vocal response I'm trying to remember what the the bell thing is and I was going to call it Pavlov's fingers but it's not that is it (laughs) no it's it's Pavlovian conditioning yeah 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 Yeah. Pavlov's fingers fingers. (laughs) that's funny it's essentially what it is isn't it from now on Pavlov's fingers that's exactly what it is yep Um, (laughs) so yeah as a biologist or I guess someone who's interested in languages animal languages that was very interesting for me Hmm. uh, to come across Um, so yeah really really cool but uh yeah that's the the only news i i I looked at because the other one was 
existential dread space news. Yeah, we don't need that on a, on a Friday. <laughs> we don't need that on Friday, our lives. Friday morning. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, All right then. So, yeah. What are you talking about today? A- <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, today, we're going to take a bit of a break from space stuff. Yeah, which is fair. Which I think <laughs> is absolutely fair. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think we actually intended to speak about space for our first four episodes. It was literally going to be one. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of Barrels. melded across. Yeah. It barrel rolled a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll take a bit of a break. Hopefully we can stick to one episode <laughs> things or we'll, we'll try our best. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, like, so maybe, today. Maybe good, maybe bad. We don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll pick up on some themes and look at different things. Yeah. But yeah, today is cognitive biases. Mm-hmm. And oh, we had this idea because we came across a big, like, it wasn't a spreadsheet, like a diagram that showed 50 cognitive biases on it. And, and did, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. I think there's, a lot. there's a lot we don't know about either. And it's one of those weird things where you could look at anything and describe it as a cognitive bias because that's just how brains work in a way. But uh, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to that. There's we'll like come a, on to yeah. what they are in a minute. But before that, do you do you have facts? It's I, not the easiest know, topic to get no. facts on. But. So I was looking at facts, and then I just came up with a list of different uh, cognitive biases. So I just saved yeah. <laughs> saved for that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, I came up with a couple of facts, which is we often like to think we're quite objective, right? Mm-hmm. We personally, I'm looking at the situation objectively. Often the more you think that, the less you are. So my first fact is just everyone has cognitive biases. You cannot escape it. It's how the human mind works. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't recognize them, but you have them. And our brains over time will develop biases that we prefer and it defaults to. Yes. Racism. Which is very interesting. Exactly. Racism. This is why old people are always like, oh, you know, they're very conflicting. <laughs> Let's say, I was about to say all old people are racist, but that's not true. No, it's um, not. There, there are some that, well, there are some that aren't, but there are some from certain areas that you can understand why they thought that, but that still doesn't make it okay because they should make an effort. But it's one of those like 40 years of conditioning from yeah. like society, their society they have it's, a lot of it's, less mental plasticity as in the ability to mould to a new situation and I was wondering is that just something I've made up or is that true so I, I looked it up Okay, and it is true with normal ageing your mental plasticity plasticity decreases the, that's just happens to everyone like the, your ability to yeah, yeah, be able to change, change how mind. you think yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's impossible. No, just makes it Definitely more difficult. Not. Exactly. Yeah, you just have to be a bit more aware. Um but like if in some situations because of your certain brain's default to certain biases, you will be more or less open-minded to the exact same information just depending on the situation you're in. Okay. Which I think is the like very interesting. Like, how open-minded are you in 
like you know, at a party yeah, compared to at home, you know? There's also a... But I was going to get you to have a look at this. There's a bias checker. Um, oh. I, and I was I was playing around with it earlier, and I can't I find if they saw the IAT or something. Right. Um, it's the Harvard uh, Implicit Association Test. And it's essentially, you can take different tests um, for like, do you have a disability bias or a race bias or a sexuality bias, weight bias, weapon bias, religion, Asian skin tone, uh, transgender. It has all these different tests that you can do and shows you which way you bias. Okay. And it's, I say cre- it's not cre- creepy is not the right word, but like there are some that will shock you because it, it, the way that it does it, you have to quickly pick like left, right. Um, right. And depending on what your association is, it will depend on like how quickly you would go one way or the other. Okay. Uh, so you just do it without thinking. Yeah. So you, you essentially just look at, you know, an, an image and you have to press like your eye and depending on how you quickly, I guess that's how they determine it. So it will right. be like, uh, I know for the weapon one, it does um, the ability to recognize white and black faces and then weapons or harmless objects. And it shows okay. you which way you associate with like, do you associate weapons with white people, uh, weapons with black people, that kind of stuff. And it shows you which way you 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 bias sly. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and it's quite interesting. It's always something that you should say that you should go and check. But it's not one hundred percent. But like, it's something no, that is, can can whip the veil off if you feel like you're, you know, completely unbiased towards uh, LGBT. As it's Pride Month, maybe go have yes. a look, go have a look at I was that. Say, um, yeah, kind of stuff. Okay, maybe I'll, I'll do that between now and next episode. And uh, report back on my findings. Yeah, it's well worth a, a look. I would think that for anybody, I think it's it's always worth having a, a check in. <laughs> Definitely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what? Half an hour into the show. Yeah, let's crack on with our, our main topic here. <laughs> what is it? What is a cognitive what bias? What even is a cognitive bias? It's. So, uh, the way that I would describe it, quite simply, is just it's a shortcut that your brain uses. Yes, but I would also say it's an incorrect one. Or not necessarily incorrect, but it leads you down, a, as you say, a shortcut. Yeah. Without, let's say taking in all of the information so you're making an assumption you're taking a quick route because you think you've been in the same situation before and you may not get the right answer subconsciously that is to subconsciously yeah, 100%, so, yeah so subconsciously you're making that quick process yes exactly um which can sometimes can be good sometimes can be bad and it makes sense that we have these neuronal shortcuts, right? Yeah. Especially if you oh, think 100%. about being in the wild or, you know, the brain is a very powerful thing, mm-hmm. but it is subject 
to limitations and the biases are a result of your brain's attempt to simplify the processing of information basically yeah as you said it's like a rule of thumb if i've been in a situation where i see a tiger and i get chased and that happens five times very quickly i'm going to be like okay i don't need to think about running away i just run away as soon as i see the tiger this time Mm -hmm. like that's a rule of thumb that's a cognitive bias technically but it's a good one to have yeah 100 percent yeah and the the biases are related to different kind of aspects of the of the brain as well which i thought was very interesting i didn't realize uh so one of them is memory right okay and the way that you remember things can be biased because oh, yeah, of the that's, way yeah, your brain shortcuts things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see, I can see that. Like, people would remember an event possibly negatively or positively, depending on their previous judgments. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And uh, other cognitive biases may be related to attention, maybe. Because attention is like a limited resource, which I never really thought about that before, but it is. It's, it is a limited resource. How much time can I give my undivided attention to that Mm -hmm. thing yeah so you have to be very selective about what you pay attention to in you know your environment so your brain as you grow up as you get older creates shortcuts for you to kind of go okay that's not worth paying attention to right now i'm switching to something else yeah which is and so it creates these rules it creates these biases and that means that subtle biases throughout your life creep in and influence the way you see and think about the world It's very interesting. It is very, very interesting. And it's one of these things where <laughs> it can ruin your day if you sit down and think about it, I think. Yes, it's, it certainly can. Because it, it makes you analyse and reanalyse like any decision you've made or any decision that you're going to come up with. And that's not Don't necessarily worry, a bad... Don't worry, I do that at 3am anyway. <laughs> it's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Um, which is actually quite interesting recently it, I've found that pe- there's two types of people there's people that are like task loaders I can't remember what the exact word is but like task planners and doers right and you have people that like just will go and do something and there'll be people that will like plan out every step of the way involved with doing something first before they do it uh. so are you a doer or do, are you a, like a planner I plan the things that I need to do, right? Okay. Because otherwise they don't get done. As in like I have a to-do list. Yeah, but I don't mean like a to-do list. But I mean like say to do that the you're going to go I just do yeah. them. Okay. So like if you weren't if you were going to make a coffee in like an espresso machine you'd be like, "Okay, what do I need to do in this scenario? Get the coffee beans, make sure they're like ground, tamp them, put them in." Or you've got that wrong. Nah, you uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely a doer. Ah, okay. I just do. Um, I think, as we we found out in the other show that cannot be named, <laughs> I'm probably on the spectrum. I think the more we found out, the more neurodivergent oh, yeah. I realised no, I was. You and me both, and brother. <laughs> I found the other day that people who are typically neurodivergent uh, have trouble visualising the end product. This is especially a thing with some types of ADHD. Like you, 
let's say you're going to make a sandwich, you can't visualize the end product, so you just start. Oh, and that's what can always make it, that's what can make it overwhelming because you don't know what you're working towards. You're just doing something and hoping it turns out okay. <gasps> Interesting. Okay. So when you're making a coffee, imagine, maybe you imagined what a coffee is at the end. Yeah. And then you work backwards mm-hmm. and then like you plan it backwards and then you work forwards. Whereas I just start. <laughs> I don't have a picture of what a coffee looks like at the end or a sandwich looks like at the end. I just start and hope it turns out okay. <laughs> hope it turns out okay. No, that's quite interesting. So I, I think never... that makes me a doer. Yeah. I, d- I don't know, actually, thinking about it. If, like, if I was making toast, am I, am I thinking about what it looks like at the end? No, I was, I'm just... No, but like, like, probably that's a simple in... thing. You've made it so many times. It's, you know, you don't need to. Okay. But maybe if you're doing something a bit more complex, you might be like, okay, this is where I want to end up. No. These are the steps I take to get there. No, I wouldn't say... And then I go through. I do the steps, or... but I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm like, I look, I would like, I'm imagining what the coffee's going to look like. I'm just like, I'm just going to be... No, I think I'm exaggerating a bit with the whole, you imagine what a coffee looks like. And then, you know, that's a bit too much in depth of mm. the steps. But there are people that just kind of start with no idea how it's going to look at the end. But other people who can imagine the finished project, product if they wanted, not that you need to. Yeah. Um, I got quite good visual. So if I'm, if I'm wanting to, I could, I could easily do that. Which helps, right? I mean, if you're going to do something, it, it helps to know what it's going to look like at the end. Yeah, like if I've got my Warhammer out, which is my new, the new hobby, and I'm thinking about... Are you, are you painting, are you? Yeah. You're, you're build, little miniatures. Building and painting miniatures, yeah. Good. Wow, you must be making big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they're not that expensive. Um, <laughs> oh, they're not? Okay. No, that's no, good, no, 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 no. There's a like a starter set that I got, which is like three Necrons, which I, I don't even know the lore really of them. I was just like, ah... They're cool, and you get the paint and the miniatures in the same box, so you don't have to buy the paint separately. But you do oh, for a tasty. lot of them, yeah. And it, that wasn't it wasn't that expensive to be honest. And I was like, I'll just start on this and see where this goes. Um, so, but that with that, it's just like, okay, how is this going to in my head? Because it's it comes in pieces. You're like, how is it going to look? How is the paint going to look? But then with a lot of artistic stuff, I'm just like, I know I want it to look like this, but I know it's not. It's like oh, the uh, the have you seen the the owl meme? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, draw the, the rest owl. of the fucking owl. Yeah. Like step one is like two circles, and step two is like a fully fledged yeah. photorealistic owl, and it's just draw the rest of the fucking owl. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There's a subreddit that's just a collection of those. Absolutely, oh, that's love fantastic. It. Yeah, just draw the rest of the owl. <laughs> that's uh. That's some top tier shit that is. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Let's let's circle this back to cognitive biases. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's quite common is for people to think of cognitive biases and logical fallacies being the same thing. Mm, they're not. So in this, what is a cognitive bias? I think it's good to kind of look at that. So they're not the same as you as you correctly said. A logical fallacy stems from an error in a logical argument right like it's a conscious or is it i want to say an opinion but not really it's an argument that you are making that has a flaw in it right yeah while it's a cognitive bias the problem there is not in your argument 
but it is rooted in the thought process that arises with problems in either memory, attention, attribution, or other mental mistakes. It's not to say that that person has anything wrong with them particularly, because we all have cognitive biases, as as I said at the top of the show. Yeah, It's just that our brain will shortcut, and it, those shortcuts aren't always correct. Yeah. So it's like... The way that I imagine it in my head is say that someone's walking down the street and they've misinterpreted someone being um, energetic or a bit more extrovert and they've seen that as like uh, for them more aggressive or intimidating and then they've associated that incorrectly in their memory. Yeah. And then going forwards, anytime they see that, they're like subconscious is like oh that's negative that's bad even though it may exactly, not be exactly yeah yeah that's a really good example mm. alrighty um, oh, cool, so I think cool. we pretty much covered yeah. why oh but there are some other factors sorry that can affect your yeah I was going to say well, there's some of the cool biases yeah um, emotions and I think it's just if you had to think about every possible option ever when making a decision you'd fry your brain right? yeah that's what i said about the the mental shortcuts and if exactly. you if you look at things, is uh there's, there's two ways of looking at things so, so you can look at it uh heuristic and a heuristic approach or macro approach and if you like heuristically look at something you like take uh, a, a wider higher view which you're gonna have to in day-to-day life you can't go through life with a macro view of analysing every single thing you see, your brain, as you said, would probably implode. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's why, yeah. That's the reason, cause. Yeah. So, exactly, you say your brain, your brain makes these shortcuts, your brain. which are known as heuristics. Yeah. And while they can be surprisingly accurate, which they are most of the time, it, they can lead to obviously problems which is why we're speaking about them mm-hmm. but they can be affected by emotion even your motivation because if you have a long-standing motivation through throughout life or belief that will affect your biases um, limits on cognitive ability to process all information presented within a permitted time and also the social situation will affect them we are very you know socially motivated creatures. yeah i think the like, Social pressures is one that a lot of, I'd say we talk about racism. That's where that comes from. Social pressures. It's yeah, like it's lineage. The right word for it, and I don't mean in terms of like good. I mean like passing on negative stereotypes and social pressures from parents down, then down, then down, then down, and then inherited. Yeah, and then that goes down even further when you're at school. That kind of stuff. Yeah. It's it's one of those. Which is, yeah, just America. What are you doing? <laughs> it's not, What's going it's on It's not over just there? America. There's, there's, no, it's definitely not. It is, times. Um, it is a, a global thing. Yeah. Global just thing. Uh, America's making the news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark timeline, dark timeline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what's um, the, like, the kind of the impact of of these cognitive biases we talked about them but what can they lead to and i think the obvious ones you talked about 
obviously racism. But another big one that we see on the internet every now and then, I say every now and then, forefront conspiracy theory and um, oh, information yeah. denial uh, and false information Yep, is just, ugh. hate exactly. it. Exactly. hate it so much. And I think what I was saying earlier about the, you know, these biases when they get so stuck, like, especially when your mental plasticity kind of flexibility is called, sorry, mm. reduces, especially when you get older, it becomes even harder to get out of these uh, thought circles, like positive feedback loops in, in your thoughts. Yeah. Where you see one thing and because of your cognitive bias, it reinforces that thing that you thought already because you're only looking at one news source. Yeah. Or not even technically a news source because... Even a judge said no one should take that seriously. Um, <laughs> so sad. That's the case. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, but like, so yeah, even one of the things they've, they've done studies on this, people who associate with conspiracy theories are people who have really strong cognitive biases and sometimes less cognitive flexibility because some cognitive biases will lock you in harder to those cognitive biases than others. Okay. Yeah, so it's not all like a level playing field. There are some that will anchor you more. Because of this positive feedback loop, if you're like, okay, I can only trust this news source. Yeah. Then potentially that news source will expose you to other biases yeah. that you then kind of get looped into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's... <sighs> We did, we did it at university for a brief bit. And it was the only time I thought it was quite interesting that we got a um, a trigger warning from our lecturer, uh, who was also the program supervisor. And I, it was kind of like not his ball game to do that kind of thing. He would always be quite right. um, aware, but he wouldn't normally do a trigger warning because the things that we did was cybersecurity. But this one was to do with... Um, the echo chamber of some of the social media sites uh, and the reason they said it was the the, ar- the article that we had to analyze because it was false information and the algorithm negatively impacting people was the uh the algorithm wants you to die is the name of the, was the name of the article and it was this uh young lady who took her own life because instagram's at the time the algorithm just showed you things you looked at like you know like tiktok everybody knows tiktok yeah. um that if you look at something, you're more likely to get it fed back to you. And there was just like hashtags of self-harm, that kind of stuff. And she took her own life at the end of it, uh, which was incredibly sad. But I think that feeds into that echo chamber and will impact your bias. Because if you're just being fed that, yeah, it just gets exactly. keeps getting pushed. It's just... Um, yeah. And I think that's the, the narrative fallacy when it comes to types of different biases. All right, and what is that? So the narrative fallacy is we naturally like stories and find them easy to make sense of and relate to. And if you're in that mind space, that's what happens. So it means that we can be prone to choose less desirable outcomes due to the fact that we have a they have a better story behind them in a weird way. Like it's a because okay, you relate yeah. to it. That kind of that relates to conspiracy theories a lot, right? Yeah. You, you like you prefer the story the story is better than the reality yeah 
so that's the kind of what you lean towards and then the more you look into it the more interesting the story gets yeah yeah just sad really but you know is what it is it is what it is and one of the one of the ones that i looked at was the misinformation effect and this is very interesting both in terms of conspiracy theories but also in terms of just it shows you how fallible our own memory is mm, right mm-hmm. so the in- misinformation effect is the tendency for post event information to interfere with the memory of the original event okay basically it is very easy to have your own memory influenced by what you hear about the event from other people. So, we have a big event that happened was it last year? January 6th? Was that last year? I know it wasn't this year, but one year ago? Yeah. Right? Um, and so basically, an event happens, right? Then, if you speak to someone afterwards, and they're like, oh no, it happened like this then suddenly, depending who you're speaking to, it could be a police officer who wants a confession from you, right? Mm -hmm. It could be your weird uncle Jeff, who lives in the Midwest again, coming back for the second episode in a row, (laughs) telling you, you know, it's chemtrails and other things like that, right? It could be, I don't know, whatever. Maybe these people have a motive. Yeah. So suddenly what you lived through and experienced, you then get told other information about it and it changes what you actually believed happened. And this was such a big issue, in fact, that if you think about, I don't know, not too long ago, eyewitnesses used to be held as like such a massive part of all courtroom cases because if you had Mm -hmm. someone go like, ah, this person saw this person do that, then you're like, oh, well, they're doing it under oath or whatever the proceedings are in that specific country. So they're not going to be lying. You know, they're not going to make it up, trusting, trying to trust people. But actually, we now know that maybe a police officer spoke to them afterwards. They're like, did you see them do this? Then their memory gets changed and they think that they did see them do that. Yeah, that's why the police now have to be really careful with leading and putting questions. And I got taught this when I used to work at the Deaf Academy. If there is an event that happens uh, for any sort of reason, you have to ask non-leading questions and any question that is leading is just like, in, in a court of law it's admissible, but like you can't feed any information first. It has to be just like bland facts that you're asking them about. Yeah, because if you go, ah, oh, you know, if you see someone writing on a wall and then someone says oh did you see them writing on a wall and you go oh yeah that's what they were doing but in reality maybe they were trying to rub something off the wall mm-hmm. yeah. that someone else had written there you know yeah so very interesting to to even think that oh you know no my memory is good it's not <laughs> yeah. like this is a very very common thing this can happen this happens to you you may have some memories and trigger warning if this is going to freak some people out. You have may have some memories that you can remember super clearly, but they're wrong. That's not how it happened. Yeah, see, I had this with uh, my old school, primary school. But then I'm just like, 
is he wrong? And then I'm, I'm self-doubting at that point. <laughs> I'm just like, Do, am I remembering this incorrectly? Um, yeah. Confirmation bias is the other one that I was trying to remember that uh, feeds into the, what's it, what should we call it? Fake news. Yes. Yeah. Is, is confirmation bias. And that is you seek out information that confirms your pre-existing idea. Yeah. So stupid. And this is one of the things that Google and other search engines are horrible for. And it's not because... Uh, it's just how they work, right? It's because people yeah. don't use them critically thinking, let's say. Yeah, no. But if I Google 9-11 was an inside job, then all I'm going to get are results <laughs> telling me that that was the case. You know, <laughs> if I Google that, it's not going to come up with yeah. the opposite. No, no, it's not. So what yeah. you need to do is when you research things is you need to do it critically and kind of, okay, in that scenario, you might want to Google the opposite of what you think as well to get the story from both sides. Mm. Yeah. And then you, you're you looking into um, that one, decision-making strategies or loops. That's why I had a look at. Yeah, go for it. So I got taught this at university. Uh, we did a whole big thing on decision-making in um the J, J, J LA model which is to do with using artificial intelligence to make decisions but first we had to we had to learn some loops and other manual ones and there's one called the ODA loop which is the OODA loop which is observe orient decide act uh and it's a four step approach in decision making that focuses on filtering available information that you've got putting in the right context then quickly making the most appropriate decision while also understanding the changes that can be made as more data becomes available. Uh, it was created by a, a fighter pilot in the 20th century, uh, which I always love because it always quite, it makes it quite interesting, uh, by John Boyd, who went by the nickname 42nd Boyd because that's how long it took him to win against his opponent. Incredible. <laughs> um, not for the other reason. <laughs> which I'm sure you find to his mates. Oh, um, and it's essentially just a loop with four steps, which is quite simple, uh, which I absolutely love about this. And I've, I've used it before in like just day-to-day, which is first you observe, so you look at all the information you've got to gain a, a better understanding of the internal and external environment. Um, then you orient yourself, and this means that you kind of you take in a level of situational awareness uh, and understand that you're making a decision and looking at things that can impact it. So you look at the biases, you look at to see if you can be, if you're being affected by any one person, am I seeing something that someone's put in front of me which is negative, that kind of stuff. Um, right. Which I think is great because that's what you really should do. You then decide what you're going to do, <laughs> which is, you know, the decision phase um which you you're taking into consideration all the possible outcomes as well at that stage <clears throat> excuse me and then you kind of should have a roadmap of what's going to happen at that stage and then act as you perform whatever you're going to do and you decided from above so there's a there's a there's a larger uh more in-depth version but at the top level heuristically looking at this, that is essentially what it is. Because it, it's, it's a military model, so they get very in-depth, but it can be used yeah. in corporate business, cybersecurity, personal day-to-day. Just It's just like a, having a loop there to be like, okay, 
right, I'm on the internet. A lot of what's in the internet is just lies and wrong. Let's have some sort of decision-making plan in place if I come across information to see if it's if it's right. And that would that could be like, so when you're observing, you find the information, you orientate yourself, okay, what website is this on? Do they have an agenda? Like if you're on Fox News, for example, you can be like, which way are they politically leaning? Would Do they gain anything from saying it like this? Like riling up the public, that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, move from there. And then you can decide to leave the page and then act and never open that page again. <laughs> yeah. And I think the important thing here is you may end up making the exact same decision anyway, which is perfectly fine. But the thing is, is that you're aware of maybe why you're at that decision. Mm. Like if, if yeah. you are someone who wants to be like, okay, I don't want to be ruled by the biases, right? Cognitive biases, which in 100% of your life is impossible to do sometimes, right? Mm. Sometimes you're just going to rely on them anyway, and that's fine. But if you want to be a bit more conscious about why you're making the decisions you're making or things like that, just being aware and having, instead of defaulting to just instantaneous thinking, defaulting to, as you say, this kind of four-step process where you, okay, you, was it orient first? <laughs> observe. Yeah. Observe. Observe, orient. Orient. Decide, act. Decide, act. And it makes sense. Yeah, and, and I think one... there's a lot of people, and I'll say that modern people are stupid, but there's a lot of people that read things and do things and they just don't have that situational awareness or even cognitive thought to be like, okay, what am I doing? Is that good? Is that, is that good? Is that a good decision? Like if, and I know it'd be exhausting that's if you did it. That's subjective in a way, it, like, which is one of the, one of the bad things is we look at that and go, okay, how is this person that bigoted and making those decisions in this day and age? Yet they may have exactly done what we've just suggested, yet they're still wrong. <laughs> but they haven't though, you because know? that's the point of orientate. And if you go down I guess you'd be into removing it, the bias, yeah, you? you have yeah. to look at if you, and if you go into a data when you orientate yourself, it it says to look at biases and look at cultural biases, uh, backgrounds, stereotypes, and to take that into effect when you're making you when you're orientating yourself. So how am I? And this there's a lot of gamification on this, and that's how I would view it. Is if I'm playing a board game or a card game, how? and I'm playing against an opponent, how are they... And that's, well, I guess, what this all comes down to. You have to imagine there's a adversarial being against you to make sense of this. And you have to take into account, say, their background, their socioeconomic place, where they got raised, that kind of stuff. So if you're using it correctly, you would... I guess it wouldn't work if you're already bigoted because you're never going to be able to get that non-biased that's kind of the, the definition of being a bigot isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, that's kind of yeah, that's a paradox myself there yeah. <laughs> no because that's exactly the road i went down then i was yeah. like oh wait this is a, a lost cause yeah um but i think it's just that being aware is just that the important step mm -hmm. and not that i am at all <laughs> but like it is an important step and i, I was looking at this study that they basically try to reduce cognitive biases in their pool of 
to say subjects, but that sounds bad. Volunteers? Yes. Um, participants. There we go. Yeah. For- so basically, what they wanted to do was help participants understand how these biases influence their decisions. And basically, they just told them about it, told them how to look out for them, mm-hmm. how to challenge them, maybe, or just to not even how to, just that you can challenge them. Okay, why do I think that, for example? And then the results showed that this type of training could effectively reduce the effects of cognitive bias by 29%. So, okay, 30% is quite a big difference, really. Mm. Especially if you become, you know, trained in that kind of sense. So, yeah. And I think if you challenge your cognitive bias, you realize, okay, whenever I do something and I think X or whenever I'm in Y situation and I see Z, yeah. Z, then you kind of go, it's okay. It may be completely fine to think that, but you can still go, okay, why? And it just increases your, your critical thinking. What influences are at play here? Am I being selfish or mm-hmm. is this a culturally learned thing, correct or not? I think that's the the cognitive bias thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we are over the hour. I just went Australian there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are over the hour now. That's Do you more, have anything more, else you want to speak about? Uh, that was more South African, I believe. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, either or. I can't do either. So there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, over the hour. Have you got anything else you'd like to... To speak that's, about. That's, that's it for me. Alrighty then. So that will bring us to a wrap. Don't forget to share this with your friends, family, co-workers, scientists, psychologists. I'm sure will get a kick out of us getting this wrong. Um, and especially your pets. Every listen counts. We appreciate them all. If you want more information, fun, science, then you can follow us on our socials. Twitter at InfoEntropyPod. Instagram, InformationEntropyPod. And of course, we're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are listening to this currently. Um, Don't forget to give us a rating, if possible. They massively help us out, and we'll be forever appreciative of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess I've been Tom Jenks. This has been the Information Entry Podcast. You've been Mitchell Gatting. I, I have, the whole time, surprisingly. The whole time? The whole time, yeah. I'm impressed you managed to keep it together. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So hopefully we have helped decrease the entropy of information in your lives somewhat. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wicked. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Indeed. Have a good one. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) 